When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Sonic Speaks. Hi folks, little pre-interview apology here. My microphone, I was using a different mic and because it connects with my online recordings, didn't work nearly as well as I'd hoped. So apologies. Uh, the other side, it's a really great interview. So please enjoy the folks from Madison on the air. I'm Jack Ward and this is Sonic Speaks. And today we have an incredible duo to chat with. She is Chrissy Talon Sage, and he is Jeremy Sage, and together with a bunch of other people, they put on an amazingly hilarious and freshly awesome Madison on the Air, a show that dusts off some of the glittery old-time radio and reshapes it for a contemporary audience. Can you describe for the folks listening what Madison on the air is all about. I mean, the three or four that haven't tuned in yet. <laughs> well, I describe it as a modern-day 20-something girl is zapped back into actual old-time radio shows. No Starbucks, no technology, and no one is PC. <laughs> Will she survive? <laughs> yeah, it's great. And I'm always wondering if her cell phone's ever going to like run out, because I know she was looking for a charger in one of the last episodes I was listening <laughs> yes. to, which is great. So that, that'd that be really funny just to see her like lose her mind because it's been three days and she hasn't been able to use her phone or something. How did you guys get involved in audio drama in the first place? Well, I have been listening to old time radio shows for a good couple decades and over quarantine, which I think a lot of us were kind of looking for creative outlets while we were trapped at home. Um, yeah, right before the lockdown, I was actually producing a play. We were literally about to go up the week that the whole world stopped. So I was trying to think of what's a great way to keep people being creative, but still being safe at home. And because I love these old time radio shows, it just uh, came up with this idea of adapting them, putting this fun, modern character into the original scripts. Because certainly whenever I listen to them and if you know the show and if you know MST3K, we definitely have a lot in common. Yeah. Uh, I take a, take my lead from their work and decided let's actually put her in there. Like So instead of just commenting on it from a, a distance, actually let her be right. part of that story. And so I reached out to a lot of my friends here in Los Angeles who were homebound and, you know, hey, do you guys have a decent mic? Can you record this? And it came from there. I started it October of 2020, but we didn't premiere until February 2021. I got a few episodes under our belt before we went out, and uh, it's been going strong ever since. Wow, that's 
phenomenal. And Jeremy, Madison is the main force of this show. Uh, I mean, sorry, Madison. Here you go. I'm doing it already because I'm hearing you as Madison because you. Oh my gosh, Madison. I I was out in pu- I was out in public recently and someone shouted to a girl named Madison and I looked. I was like, what? Oh gosh. The transformation is complete. There you go. <laughs> Sorry. So, Jeremy, what part do you play in, in, in bringing this to it? I know. I just, for the, everybody who's listening. <laughs> uh, so, I am the audio engineer, and I compose all the music for it. And then occasionally I'll also lend a voice here and there. Yes. Oh, I make I make him do lots of voices. Yeah, I, I hear you fairly regularly in the show, which is great. So have you been doing a lot of music as well, sort of outside of this? Well, I've I've been a singer pretty much my entire life. That's my that's my primary focus. And uh, I've recently uh, acquired my my own in home studio equipment, and I'm basically learning how to use it. And then this has given me an extra extra way to practice and figure all this stuff out because I'm I'm constantly learning as we're going and you know it's just going through it's like okay this microphone has some issues how do I fix that so I'm learning how to engineer that way and do my own producing wow that's fantastic Chrissy you said that you've been listening to old-time radio shows did you get your your husband in on the gig or was he listening on his own as well originally I guess this could go to Jeremy as well but I'm interested from Chrissy's perspective well, what ended up happening for me is that, you know, back in about 2000, uh, our local CBS news radio would play two hours of old-time radio every night, and it happened to be when I would take my dogs for a walk, and I ended up getting hooked, and here's the thing. I am an insomniac. I have a really hard time falling asleep when I go to bed, and I quickly discovered that if I played old-time radio, so the room could be dark, everything's ready to fall asleep, and just have these stories going in my mind, it helped settle me down. It helped me relax. I could focus on the stories and the characters and all the sound effects, and I got hooked. So I have literally been listening to a different old-time radio show every single night for the last 20 years. Wow. So what are your personal favorites? Can you can you give us a, an insult? Like, What are some things that inspired you uh, just as a writer, let alone uh, about Madison on the Air? From well, old-time I, radio. I definitely am uh, noir. I, I really prefer all the detectives in noir. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, the uh, Bob Bailey years are yeah. certainly my favorites. Fell in love with him, and that will be premiering as our one-year anniversary in February. We're going to be tackling first. one of the five-part episodes. It's going to be super long. That's awesome. Jeremy's really thrilled with me for bringing in this extra-long episode. <laughs> yeah, extra-long episode, no longer turnaround time. <laughs> You're how welcome. Long, how long does it take you, Jeremy, to put together a show? Uh, oh, honestly, a lot of it depends on what else is going on in in life because I'm balancing it with I have I have uh, two active bands uh, and a third one that's kind of in its formation process. So I'm I'm also you know working on material for those. Wow. Um, one one of the bands is actually I'm, I'm doing a Phil Collins tribute band. Uh, where I am the Phil Collins singer person, uh, but I also we we don't have we have a six piece, um, but there's there's so much instrumentation and stuff in Phil Collins music. Uh, we also do some Genesis that I there we have to track some stuff, so I have to I have to create the backing tracks and stuff like that, um, and then I have an original hard rock band. So writing songs for that as well. So be trying to balance it all together. And our day job. <laughs> and our day job. <laughs> and 
your day job. Yeah, of it, course. Yeah, it, it it could take me it could take me upwards of a month to completely engineer and and do all the compositions for for one of the episodes. So we're you we're usually working about two months ahead of time. Oh, yeah, cool. I, I'm trained in. Um, I actually have a master's in uh, film and television producing. Wow. So uh, that I'm really not using, but um, <laughs> I, I I'm very good at. at Court, uh, basically production coordination. And yeah, so we're way ahead. Like I am just finishing writing our April episode, which will go out to the cast here at the first of the month. So we're always at different stages. So I try to give Jeremy as much lead time as possible. I actually edit the episode. So I get all the material in from the actors and I get all the sound effects and I piece it together, but it's all raw and clunky. Right. And then Jeremy will smooth it over, make it sound beautiful, add his music. So nice. yeah, it takes a yeah. while. It does. And yeah, we used to call that, or we still call it, rough editing, where we get all the, the actors' cuts, bad cuts, roughed out. Oftentimes, we, we normally have other people do the sound effects, but that's nice that you can get that all in place. So are there any modern audio dramas that you've listened to more recently now that you've gone through some old-time stuff? Has any perked your interest? I honestly haven't had the time. I find myself uh, researching the next Madison episode. So, like, I like I don't know a lot of them. I, I tended to, like I mentioned, get stick to the noir. So I'm getting now suggestions from other people. Um, for example, our Christmas episode this year was uh, Candy Matson, Yukon 28209. Great I had never run across it. Oh, she's amazing. Uh, yeah, There's not and, a lot of them, unfortunately. No, only is, 14 yeah. episodes. So I yeah. think that's probably why it just never crossed my path. So I had to sit out to listen to as many of those as possible. Because whenever I do adapt them, there is a lot of uh, rewriting of the main character's dialogue. And I really want to stay true to their voice. Right. Um, which, you know, my, a lot of my training is in sitcom writing, which you have to do when you're writing spec scripts. You have to really keep the tone and the and the voice of the series sure but it takes a lot of research so i'm like <laughs> i just uh, i'm working on a dr kildare right oh, wow. now never have heard dr kildare so i'm like throwing myself into lionel barrymore and, and really catching his tone sure. so no i haven't listened to a lot of other oh, ones the halls of ivy would be a good one for you for that if you're looking for that as well and the case book of gregory hood by anthony boucher who's famous for writing a lot of that stuff at the time he did a lot of sherlock holmes and when sherlock holmes was on sabbatical he created his own character gregory hood oh and but i've already told you about armis brooks i think that would be a really great opportunity as well but i'm i know you've got a ton in the, in the background i don't want to be loading up <laughs> but i i love that background that you have putting these things together how difficult has it been to take your uh your background in in movies and television studying and and modify it and change it for the audio drama world well, I think that is uh, the treat of having listened to a lot of all-time radio and having these scripts to go off of, is that it's already geared for just having um, audio storytelling. Uh, I do find myself occasionally falling into a trap of like, oh, that'd be a great sight gag, but like, yeah. <laughs> got to move away from that one. Uh, but I, what I really do appreciate about having all these shows to learn from, I really do like that the stories are very active. They're not so narrator heavy. Right. 
Uh, you know, you of course, you got your noir detectives. I don't know that I'll ever do uh, Broadway is my beat, which is one of my favorites. Me too. Uh, yeah. But he's those monologues are so gorgeous. They're so right. descriptive. And I don't think we could do justice to it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I think that that's where it, it comes in is that these stories are so well performed for that genre specifically. Yeah. The Damon Runyon Theater is the same thing. There's so many, like, very definitive monologues that operate with that same kind of voice. It'd be harder to to make that connection as well. It's what's fascinating, and I, I, I want to explore a little better in some of the comedies that I'm doing, and I think would be neat for you to try is not the sight gag as much as the sound gag. Mm. So pe- people like Jack Benny, and, and even, I was surprised, Martin and Lewis and Abbott Costello would throw in some really incredible sound gags that you just put the sound in and people knew what was happening and you could even have callbacks and stuff like that that were involved to, to, to add a sort of a physicality but that's so hard to do i find because it really requires a really definitive understanding of the medium in that way for sure so how large are your scripts do you have a specific word count that you have or a page count that you work with well that is the beauty of this uh podcasting being a platform for these is that I don't feel restricted. Uh, like I said, I am trained in sitcom writing where you had your act break at a certain page number, and you had, you know, I worked for uh, Peter Ingle for many years with the Saved nice. by the Bell people. Oh, uh, wonderful. So by the time I came to his company, it was a well-oiled machine. They'd been doing shows for years, so they knew exactly what the page count should be, where we should go out on, and I got a really crash course in that kind of writing. And I love that for this, I don't have to... restrained by that if the story needs to be 10 minutes longer it can be 10 minutes longer and if you think about like uh cobra kai Mm -hmm. right now which has been a strictly you know streaming kind of thing they don't they don't stick to 30 minutes yeah you're right they are not exactly 30 minutes they can if if this episode goes a little longer it needed it and that's okay it's such a fascinating show cobra kai because i can't think of another show that ping pongs back and forth between who's the protagonist oh i i could go on and on i Love that show. I It's a brilliantly put together. It, it so well captures the feel of the original film, which is just any anytime anybody's tried to do an expansion on on a universe or you know whether it be a prequel or something that takes place later, they they somehow have seemed to lose the heart of what yes. made the original so good. But that's something Cobra Kai has managed to hold on to, and it's it's amazing that way. Yeah, I, I feel exactly the same way. I'm I'm kind of in awe in how they put it together, and would love to be able to break that down sometime. Back to, to Madison, when it comes to putting together your own show, obviously if you haven't been in the community for as long, now you guys have been here for almost a year, which is amazing. How did you go about finding actors you have some friends in the area. Did you? I've noticed that you've also started to look for some people in the community to do some work as well. Yeah, I mean, I did start off with um, my friends because I have produced uh, theater here in L.A. I've produced a web series here in L.A. So I did have people that I are tried and true for me that I can I know will deliver and are are good. And but then I uh, I think it was Rocky Jordan, our episode that came out in August that I needed a Sam Sabaya, which is a very distinctive voice. Right. Because he is, um, you know, Egyptian, and uh, but he's been educated British. So I was, I reached out, I'd, um, I've had made some friends 
on like Twitter for the audio drama community. I said, hey, do you guys know anybody who could do this voice? And that got me uh, Kareem, who came on, Kareem Confley, who um, is in London. Yes. So, um, you know, I've never met him. He's fantastic and uh, brought him in. And that kind of opened some things up where I started then testing the waters with other people. I've had a few people come to me and say, hey, if you ever need a voice and and I'm I'm excited to to involve more and more people. Absolutely, I noticed uh, Paul Arbisi was involved oh, in one yes. of your shows as well, and uh, he's he's one of the guys that does a lot of stuff for Mutual too at times. So how far ahead are you getting your recordings done? You say you're ahead with your writing by April. How far ahead are your recordings? Yeah, so like my April script will go out to the cast here on January first ish, you know, with the new year, but. Um, and then I'll have, I give them a three week turnaround. Mm-hmm. I, I figure, you know, I can't pay anyone yet. Um, you know, I'm asking people to do it in their own time since we don't record live as a group. Okay. So I give this three week turnaround and it's been very successful for everybody to be able to get it done on time. So I'll have the April recordings by the end of January and, um, start editing it right shortly thereafter when you ask for recordings do you ask for a number of different takes do you give a lot of instruction from a director's point of view how do you go about talking to your actors yeah i do in the script itself i am crazy for parentheticals just so i could really kind of give them the idea of what i was going for in that moment and um in the email when i send them all the information i give about a paragraph of character description Mm mm-hmm I will link them to the original series, especially if it's a role that is one of the, uh, you know, regulars. I never want anyone to do an impression. I never want someone to be Joe Friday. Gotcha. But I, you know, just to give the tone of the show, I'll send that along. for, And I, I tell them, don't listen to the episode we're doing. Listen to a different episode. Right. Yeah, then it's two takes, two, at least minimum two takes. Uh, per per cool. line, I do ask if they're like unsure about what voice they want to use. To like, we'll go back and forth maybe for a little bit before they do the full recording, uh, so that they'll pick one voice and do the two takes in that one voice. Great. And then, have you had to do a lot of retakes at times? You know, not really. Uh, I've had a, just really a handful of times. I'm going on episode fifteen, um, which was just completed, and I've only had a few times I've had to go back. To the actors going, eh, you kind of missed the mark on this one. Maybe I didn't explain it well enough. And everybody's been very cool about just doing a retake on it. But otherwise, uh, no, I, I've been surrounding myself with really solid actors. A lot of people, of course, that I know personally who know me and know my humor. Right. And they're always giving me either what I ask for or they give me something that's like not what I asked for, but is awesome. So that's good, too. <laughs> that's good. I mean, clearly they're getting it because... Whenever Chrissy's writing the uh, the episodes, <laughs> I can I can hear her. She'll she'll speak them out loud so that she can kind of get a feel for things. So I've actually heard the episode about fifty times <laughs> just in Chrissy doing all the voices before it ever gets to me with the actors, and they're pretty spot on from what she was she was giving. So apparently they're they're definitely reading what she wants. Yeah, I, I perform it as I write it, so nobody can tell me that the line is too hard to say because I've already said it fifteen times. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, Chrissy, you have an ear then for writing in that respect. So it makes it easier for you to do audio drama. The idea of how it sounds and it sounding right is important. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great transition then for you to do that. By the way, I'm wondering if we're ever going to see any of your plays translated into an audio drama version. Will we see any of those? Well, I do have, uh, it was actually a pilot I wrote for one of my grad school classes that I'd really like to bring to audio drama. Uh, it's uh, it's a ghost hunters kind of thing, but with a, with a funny twist. It's, of course, a comedy because that's my strength. Nice. Um, I also have a sci-fi show that actually was what got me into grad school, won a few awards with it back in the day that I might uh, to play with. But one of my main plays that I actually wrote a long time ago, and it's had a different life here and there over the years, is uh, a superhero uh, show Wombat Man. <laughs> That's great. And of course, it's it's a funny comedy and silly. And uh, so, yeah, you know, but <laughs> right now, Madison eats up all of my time. So I don't know if I have time to do anything else. Fair enough. Do you release, try to release one episode a month? Yes. Is that how it works? Okay. And that takes a lot of time to produce. How long does it take you to write a script? It really depends. Um, I'm... Pretty much my turnaround is I'll give myself two weeks, but I'm not necessarily writing every single day. Um, it, it, of course, helps that I'm adapting scripts that already exist. Um, some I started off by using scripts that were already available online. There are some resources to download original scripts, but I was finding that limiting or it wasn't not the shows I wanted to do. Right. So I now am transcribing from the original broadcast. Wow. So that takes an extra couple days of work for sure to get it in shape to then do my uh, ad- adaptation. A pure transcription and then do the adaptation afterwards or as it's you're listening to it you're transcribing and adapting or making notes. No, I just I transcribe it pure and then I go in from the top and where is Madison going to be in this story? Nice. So do you listen to it before you even start transcribing and start making notes about some of the aspects that, or things that might hit you? Or is it all after the transcription? Oh, I do. I've, I listen to the episodes, uh, especially like, say, this Dr. Kildare. I, uh, I'm not familiar with the series, so I wasn't sure which episode I wanted to do. Right. So I was listening to a bunch until one really clicked with me that that would be a good one to uh, have Madison in the story. So I'd already listened to it uh, a couple times first. Then I listened to it as I'm transcribing. And then I'm listening to it to make sure I transcribed it as correctly as possible. (laughs) So I've heard it a bunch of times before I even do the adaptation. So what you're saying is your dogs get a lot of walking in. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy, uh, you say you're learning as you go by. What have you learned that you think is the most valuable from a production side? The beauty of plugins. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I will say. What DAW are you using, by the way? What digital? Oh, uh, Lo- Logic Pro 10. Okay. And then um, the. I am not sponsored by, although I wouldn't mind being sponsored by <laughs> Isotope, but they have saved my butt so many times. <laughs> Um, one of the biggest things that they have on that in that plugin suite is a is one plugin that beautifully removes the um, re- the room reverb. Right. So if somebody's mic just ha- if they just don't have their room treated well, I can usually uh, adapt for some of that. 
Um, another, and another one is just background noise. There's a nice plugin that just kind of sucks out any of the extra little uh, just ambient noise that might be around. Oh, yeah. Back in the day when we first started this, you know, almost 20 years ago now, none of those <laughs> were around. So what you ended up doing was imposing your own room tone over top of everybody else's just so you could have some kind of consistency. It's so, like you said, it's so much nicer to be able to remove it now. I mean, I still I still put some back in um, cause, just because sure. I've noticed that the if it is a scene that takes place, especially because Chrissy puts so many outdoor sounds in. You're welcome. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those are fun to mix, especially cars driving. Uh, but yeah, when, uh, when it comes to a, an indoor scene, all of a sudden the room just falls flat. So I just throw a, just a very like I'm talking like a negative 40 DB room tone that just runs through the right. whole thing just to give it a little bit more body. Yes, because people can tell when it's really vacuumed out exactly. like that way. Speaking of sound and such, Chrissy, do you have any plans to do Madison live? Oh, that would be amazing. I mean, I know there are a lot of like troops around uh, the country and around the world that do uh, live OTR performances. Right. Um, obviously, COVID has, has shut a lot of that down. But, you know, since they've done it, I don't see why that wouldn't translate for something we could do um i don't know but at the same time um you'll you might notice that i don't put any photos of our cast anywhere true um i've worked with uh, professional voice artists who say hey you know don't connect your face to uh your voice otherwise people will have a preconceived notion of what you should or shouldn't sound like Right. So um, I I don't look a lot like you might imagine Madison looks. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if it'd be very disillusioning to see me in person or not. Can anyone put a filter on me live? I don't know. <laughs> so so describe for people who Madison is, just for those who haven't heard her yet. Well, Madison. Oh my goodness, she's just a lot of fun. She's definitely she's in her late twenties. Uh, she's born and raised in Los Angeles, and uh, she can be a bit spoiled, uh, a bit um, sometimes too woke, sometimes not woke enough. Um, but she, I find it interesting because when she's in the stories, she's very like zen. Like she just lets everything happen to her and she takes it in stride. Right. She'll point out a lot of the like especially sexism that is um, rampant in the old time radio shows and other kinds sure. of uh, non PC things. Oh yeah. But at the same time, when you hear her tell her stories about her life back home, she's kind of a mean girl. Uh, yes. She's done I some. Noticed that. <laughs> wow! Do not wrong her as a boyfriend. I tell you, she oh. she does not let that go. <laughs> What was I listening to? Which which uh, noir was I listening to? She was giving oh it it must have been Sam Slade. She was just oh, giving him yes. such a hard time. Yeah, she and Sam did not did get along. Not get along. <laughs> <laughs> did not get along. I think he's the the only one I've heard so far that she just did not like at all. There were times with the shadow that she had problems, and I think we lost him at one point. Sam, yeah, Sam and her were just oil and water, which was just so much delight to have. I really careful about saying this is there a real madison that you know of that this is based on no not in particular i think she's a compilation of these types of girls um certainly one of the main reasons i even picked the name madison 
is because of how so many uh, of these kind of young end of the millennial girls are have that kind of a name. And yeah, she's she's just kind of like every girl like that I've ever run into to to 11, you know, to an extreme. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, on the 1st of February is going to be a massive show, which is going to be really fun. Do you want to tell people about that? Is that the end of season one or do we have seasons? I, you know, I'm not doing seasons because we do premiere just one a month. Okay. So I'm considering it uh, year one going into year two because we're on IMDb now ever since they've brought podcasts onto IMDb and they insist you have seasons. Wow. So I've decided, okay, as of February 1st, it will be year two, AKA season two. Right. But yeah, for a big celebration, we're going to be doing that five part yours truly Johnny dollar. And the way that Johnny dollar, for those who don't know how the Bob Bailey's ran, they were 15 minute of serialized episodes that started on, on a Monday with a cliffhanger that you would come in on Tuesday and throughout the week to finally hear the resolution on Friday. So I am going to break up each of those little episodes with uh, promo swaps for people. So we're our first official commercials, sort of, if you will. That's great. Yeah, no, it's weird because Bob Bailey, uh, well, I shouldn't say Bob Bailey, uh, uh, Johnny Dollar went through a number of different transformations. And one was the five days a week breakdown, which was really quite cool that they could do that. Um, so it's it, it's interesting. You, you were saying that's one of your more favorite shows. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just love Bob Bailey. I, I just love the humor he brings to that role that some of the other earlier actors, because I believe there were eight that performed Johnny Dollar in the course of its lifetime. Uh, he just has a touch of humor. In fact, you know, um, all the Let George Do It. Right. Uh, which didn't have as long of a life, but he's just, oh, he, he's fantastic. So that resonated with me early on when I was first listening to the noir. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I, everyone kept saying, do Johnny Dollar, do Johnny Dollar. I'm like, oh, it's coming. It's coming. Trust me. <laughs> That's great. After Johnny Dollar, can you give us a little hint about what will be after that? Yes. Uh, we do have a lot of people in that really like our superheroes. Nice. We started with uh, Superman. Uh, we've done, of course, you mentioned the Shadow. Uh, but you are going to be seeing the Green Hornet. Oh, wow. Which will be interesting because I really... A lot of the stuff that Madison can call attention to is the sexism. Right. Um, and, but for... Green Hornet, it was addressing how they handled Cato. For sure. And how the Asian community was treated during that time. Right. Uh, so I've one of my recurring actors you'll hear along the way is Steve Jun, uh, who I've known for many years. And so we kind of are working together to to address that, to address what Cato was like and um, how where we've been right. in Hollywood and where where we are today. So we're definitely going to put a, a lantern on that subject. Oh, that's... But still make it, you know, it's just going to be silly and fun, of course. Oh, just sure. like Madison. Just like Madison. That's great, yeah. I always, whenever I think of the Greenhorn, I think of the Lone Ranger because that's the same guy who wrote both of them. Yeah. That... I make jokes about the the Lone Ranger like that's the hardest one I'm going to ever try to tackle because of Tonto. Oh, my, my, my. It'd be interesting to try and find uh, the episodes. Like, I don't know if you know the story, but 
one of the actors who played the Lone Ranger actually died en route. And, um, wow. Or, and, yeah, he died and, and in a car accident. And so they had to change the script. And basically, the Lone Ranger was injured and couldn't speak. And Tonto took care of all of the storyline for so long until they could actually bring in a new Lone, new Lone Ranger. And because there were no reruns, people didn't realize it was a different Lone Ranger, different actor. So that'd be kind of a neat way to do it. And, and on the Western side of things, I always wanted uh, Madison to tangle with Jimmy Stewart's character from The Six Shooter. Oh, yeah. Because he's so laid back and he never says things outright in the same way. And I think that would drive Madison crazy. I would think she would spend <laughs> trying to say, no, he's just telling you to do this, right? So I thought that would be a really funny t- twist on that. See, I'm already thinking of great ideas for Madison. That's how great the show is. It makes you Aww. want to be able to get involved. And Honestly, anybody, I I am taking suggestions. I mean, Candy yes. Matson was suggested to me. We're doing yeah. The Saint. That is premiering in January. That very specific Wonderful. episode was suggested to me. So yeah. definitely, uh, I, I, I we've done Gunsmoke. I would I definitely want to do more Westerns. So Six sure. Shooter is on the horizon for sure. On the horizon. That's great. And it's neat that Candy Matson, you know, it was it was a husband and wife team that made that show. So it's kind of nice to see you guys engaged in that yeah. way. Your website, you pointed out that you have no pictures of you. That, and the website's beautiful, by the way. It's a lovely design. Very, Thank very you. stylistic. I just discovered in preparation for this, the the Madison's Mad Facts, where you have interviews of your own. Do you want to talk about that? I never heard those, so I have to check them out. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, when I am doing these episodes, uh, you know, I'm so just absolutely in the world of these shows and this era that every now and then something would pop up to me like, I don't know much about this. Uh, you know, it's something like an everyday life kind of fact right. that is is changed because of you know how many years ago this was so i just upon myself and my own life curiosity would like google things that were interesting to me and i thought hey maybe this would be interesting to other people who are listening for sure so every episode will spark something for me um I, in fact the the saint coming up will be an episode that uh heavily takes place in a dry cleaners oh wow and i just kind of got into the history of dry cleaners <laughs> which you don't think about it's just kind of there but it's actually really interesting oh wow so i just have i take each one of my actors from the episode i do write the script it is a written script uh, so that I can make them sound brilliant with all of the facts that I've researched. <laughs> and uh, Madison will will ask questions about this thing. And they're usually like five to ten minutes at the longest. Uh, and, and it's a lot of fun. Not just entertaining, but educational. Absolutely. As a teacher, I appreciate that. By the way, when you talk about your day jobs, I like to say my Clark Kent jobs. So if you want to use Diana <laughs> or something like that, that's great. So <laughs> like, I consider this our superhero jobs. Absolutely. I, I, if I can recommend a book for you, by the way, just as to do research and it's fantastic. I collected all the writer's digest books on everyday life. Oh. And one of the best ones to, that I first got and that's what got me all hooked on them is everyday life in the prohibition era and so it's between the 20s to the 40s and it has dialogue slang what things cost famous things at the time everyday life stuff it's brilliant and so it's a fantastic resource to be able to look at these kind of things yeah that's absolutely the stuff that i look up 
And even for jokes, you know, when you're a joke writer, you're always going online and researching things, making sure you're you're hitting the joke right or, or referencing it properly. And certainly prices of stuff has definitely been a fun thing for Madison to discover. She tends to uh, drink a little too yeah, heavily in the past <laughs> because the drinks are so inexpensive compared to today. Sure. So. And the coffees are like a nickel or something like that. You know what I mean? Although, but there are no mocha lattes. OMG. Exactly. That's what I was going to come up with. <laughs> They're just regular coffee, which has got to be pretty harsh on her for that reason. So, yeah, Are we going to find Madison uh, change as time goes by? Are we going to see her uh, mature or grow or... Or find some I kind of think she she has already to an extent yes. um and it has been pointed out to me how it, our very first episode was dragnet which is one that I have listened to like the 200 plus episodes I've gone through three times um <laughs> so I was super familiar with that show but she you know at that point she's trying to figure out her world she's trying to figure out what's going on uh I think she has kind of settled in a little bit more to accepting this world. Yes. Um, it's not as much of a shock to her. Uh, so she has changed in that way. She got to see her grandma, but, which is kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I'm going to play with more things like that uh, coming up. Uh, certainly the Green Hornet. We're going to see a little different take on her jumping into these different episodes. So, you know, it's I'm very excited that I've left everything very open. Yes. That I can really play, that she's always self-referential. She knows she's in a podcast. Right. She knows that there's is a script, you know, things like that. So I can really kind of just go with whatever works for that show. Yeah. It'd be kind of neat to see Madison's, like, opposite number, the mean girl to Madison's mean girls show up at one point and have them fight over <laughs> stuff. That would be kind of fun. <laughs> well, and I, I liked in our episode of The the Thin Man. Yes. Where she meets um, Bingo Burns, who yes. is very similar to Madison, and she gets along with her immediately because they both are kind of on the same uh, wavelength, but then the girl. she kind of starts realizing yeah. the negative side of hanging out with someone like herself. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's awesome. See, you can tell I've listened to this show because I know exactly Yay! what you're talking about in all these cases. <laughs> Although I am still a little behind. I'm looking forward to getting caught up, especially with uh, Dracula coming up on, on Mutual. So I I just wanted to thank you. This has been so delightful. Thank you so much. Uh, Jeremy, um, do you have... Can, can you give... I guess it's still locked down there, but do you have any dates of anything that you're planning for any of your bands so that people can know where to find your websites? Uh, well, we my uh, my original band, my original hard rock band, Ogre Ballet, nice. uh, we are playing in a little place called Universal Bar and Grill, which is in right next to Universal Studios here in Hollywood. Uh, we're playing there on January 7th. My Phil Collins band, which is Seriously Phil... <laughs> uh, that uh, we don't have any dates right now. We're actually working on doing some promo videos so that we can book some bigger venues. Um, so that'll that'll be coming soon. Um, and then I have a an original prog rock uh, project that I've been working with with the guitarist from the Seriously Phil band, and uh, that is as of yet untitled, and we don't know exactly what's going on with that. Um, I'm actually another guy I'm working with is my guitarist brother. Uh, who's out from sort of your neck of the woods? He's a he's based in Toronto. Nice. Uh, he's like, and he's the uh, conductor for the uh, Niagara Symphony Orchestra. 
Excellent. So we've got some yeah. got some cool things coming that way as well. But where can they find you on like social media? Yeah. Um, well, both on Facebook and on um, Instagram are the best places to figure out where we're going to be playing next for for both of those projects. And the the names of the bands, or by by your name, Jeremy Sage, or the names of both bands. Seriously, Phil. Uh, the names of the bands are probably best. Okay. So it's Ogre Ballet, Ogre Ballet for original hard rock with a theatrical flair. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I'm a musical theater guy, so I, I can't help but put a little bit of, of that into everything And, I of do. course, he wrote and performed our theme song, yes. which everybody really love likes. It, love it, love it. Thank you so much again. It's so much a treat to have, to be able to listen to you guys. And what a refreshing show to be able to have. Christy, your writing is amazing. Your acting is so on point, And the shows are just so much fun. Uh, Jeremy, thank you so much for all the work that you do on the show, including the music. I, I just wish you all the best and have a fantastic first year kickoff. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much and have a happy new year. See you later. This is Jack Ward, and on behalf of everyone here at the Mutual Audio Network, we wish you, your family, and all your friends safe harbor during these difficult times.